Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It is a chilly day. Wind chills below zero here in the greater Twin Cities area. It looks like things are going to be quite a bit warmer tomorrow, but... uh, those ice anglers chomping at the bit to get out on the ice. Steve Carney joins us, stevecarneyoutdoors.com. We've talked for a number of years now, Steve, that yes, we have. no, no <laughs> sport in the outdoors has, has seen new gear, innovations, etc., like the sport of ice fishing. It is just incredible, uh, the stuff, the gear, and the interest in this sport. Oh, you got it, Steve. You know, back in the day, there really wasn't much going on. It was a jiggle stick and drill a couple holes, and, you know, now it's it's just it's so sophisticated now. Um, but, yeah, it's come a long way, and clothing is a big part of it. You know, now we can wear, you know, just Gore-Tex and, you know, take care of, uh, you know, any type of wetness, and you're warm, and, I mean, you can stay out longer, and just the equipment and the houses and the drills, you know, with, with the innovation of lithium batteries has changed everything, and gas augers are basically, uh, you know, not used anymore. So, yeah, every year it just gets, you know, just crazy with the innovations, but it, it is, you know, driven by the consumer. You know, we had such a, a great influx of anglers, you know, during the pandemic, um, a lot of people got into the sport, and that was really you know, jump-started everything that's happening today. So, yeah, it's uh, probably the largest growing participation sport there is. I mean, there's nothing bigger than ice fishing right now. Yeah, and uh, the colder weather is forming, and uh, we, we heard about uh, what, what happened on Red Lake. Some 200 anglers stranded on a chunk of ice that, that broke away. They were stranded. They needed to be rescued. Uh, still early in the season. I know it gets back to the age-old saying, you know, that early bite is is great. The the sooner you can get out, the better. But you got to do it safely. Well, you know, Steve, the good news is we have some really good ice now. Um, up in Lakes Country, northern Minnesota, northwest, we've got a good seven eight inches of ice on the small and medium sized lakes. And I'm going to get out tomorrow for the first time and actually take a four wheeler out. There's still plenty of ice right now and. You know, we had a great last four or five days of making ice, and we're going to continue to make ice. So right now it's setting up to be really a perfect season. We don't have any snow cover, and we've got cold. And when you've got that at this time of the year, you're going to make ice really fast, almost two inches a day, you know, in the temperatures we have. So as long as we stay away from snow, we're going to make a great base of ice, and that's going to bode well for the rest of the season. So... Uh, I, I saw a lot of people out today venturing out, probably where they shouldn't be, but 
Um, so far, so good, but you know, it looks like it's going to be cold the next four or five days. Uh, possible uh, minus temperatures, which is, again, going to be really good for ice anglers. So right now it looks like it's setting up to be really, really a good season. And once we get that good base of 10, 12 inches of ice, you know, it can go ahead and snow because we'll be fine after that. And if you remember last year, we got 14 inches of snow on about three inches of ice, and that really kind of wrecked the season and made it very difficult. We had slush issues, and but right now it's setting up to be absolutely perfect. All right, Steve, what are the must-haves? Uh, what is the gear that you always go out on the ice with? Well, you better have ice cleats this year, Steve. Um, you know, people call me all the time, what should I buy, what should I buy? I, I tell them to stay away from the budget ice cleats. You don't want those junky plastic ones. You want the stainless steel teeth. You want good quality cleats. And because we don't have any snow cover, you better have cleats on because you're gonna you could easily fall out on that glare ice. Uh, life jackets are important, and then ice picks are another thing that um, I'll wear probably for the first three weeks of the season. You know, back in the day, 25 years ago, we used to take two Phillips screwdrivers, put a rope on it, and put it around our neck. And those were our ice picks, which were very unsafe if you fell, obviously. But now ice picks come where they kind of join together and, you know, they're much more safe. And, and the big prong that you use to, to grip the ice is now, you know, inside the handle. So you wear it around your neck and there's nothing sticking out. So that's a really important thing. And um, other than that, you just, you know, the buddy system is important and letting people know where you are and, Right now, I would not venture across any type of big water quite yet. Um, there's a few people out there doing it, but I would not recommend it quite yet. There's a lot of geese that have been, you know, coming through the last couple of weeks that have kept areas open on big water, and it's uh, a little too risky to take anything, you know, bigger than you can handle. So stick to the smaller water, medium water, put your ice picks and your life jacket on, let people know, you know, where you are. And if you can walk right now, maybe in the next week or 10 days would probably be more prudent than going out on a four-wheeler. And we don't have any snow yet, so that kind of rules out the snowmobile so far. Yeah, and you're, you're a big fan of the portables, and the, the portable fish house technology is extraordinary. Light, strong, uh roomy warm with the portable heaters i mean it is just really incredible i would say as much as anything it's been the technology put into those portable houses yeah you know steve i'm kind of changing gears this year last year i had a, a skid house out last year and that winter last year was so bad i was digging that out of huge snowstorms and it was really very difficult and very physical and i decided this year i'm going to stay away from the hard house and go with the portables and kind of see if I miss it or not. But you can't beat a good quality portable, a thermal portable, and that is really probably the biggest innovation in ice fishing is you can carry all your stuff in the tub, go right out, flip it over, and you're ready to go. And, you know, we don't have any snow cover right now, which makes it a little bit tricky because you're going to have a lot of air coming in underneath because you can't bank it. So we could use two, three, four inches of snow. That would help. But, again, portables are the way to go, and, and that's just been, you know, an incredible innovation over the last 10, 15 years. And they're still redesigning them and, and changing, you know, styles. I mean, every year there's something new, and 
that's again the beauty of the ice fishing you know industry it's just always changing and innovating all right when you go out what what, what spots do you hit early in the season like this talk about your strategy when you go out go out on the ice well, Steve, that's a good question. Tomorrow I am going out on a shoreline break about 13 feet of water, and at this time of the year these fish are very shallow, and they're kind of basically in spots where they are on opening weekend in May. They're very shoreline, weed-oriented, 13, 14 feet of water, and last year I started there and did very, very well and then moved out deeper as the season went on. So. Right now we have no snow cover, so you've got light penetration coming in, which means the bite is going to be about 4.30, quarter to 5, because of the light penetration. It'll be kind of a frantic hour, maybe hour and a half, and then over. But it's pretty much a shoreline thing right now, and, you know, eventually we'll move out. But you should be able to get 10 days to two weeks on the shoreline breaks, and um, very predictable, mostly walleyes really right now, and, you know, work on the crappies a little bit later, but this, it's go time for walleyes right now. All right, Steve, always good to visit with you. Uh, look forward to it in a week. Sounds good, Steve. Have a great rest of your weekend. There he is, Steve Carney, stevecarneyoutdoors.com, joining us here on News Talk 830 WCCO. And at this time of year, typically uh, Saturday afternoons following the news and weather, at 4 o'clock. When we come back, little college hockey, uh, we're coming up on the traditional holiday break, but the Golden Gopher men playing well. They're at Michigan State. Jess Myers from the rink live. Uh, he was in Arizona, from Minnesota, Arizona State, in that brand new rink in Tempe. We'll talk about that and more with Jess here on News Talk. E3O-WCCO. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. There are long road trips in sports. There's no question about it. Sometimes the Twins will play a series in Chicago and have to go to the West Coast or uh, play a series here in the Midwest and then go out to the East Coast. Well, well, how about this road trip for the Golden Gopher men's hockey team? And this is really something uh, for, for men's hockey. Uh, they they played Penn State at 3M Arena at Mariucci in the middle of November, and then uh, they they played at Michigan, and then they had uh, a trip out to Arizona State, and now they're in East Lansing, so Ann Arbor to Tempe to East Lansing. Now I know they stop back in the cities, 
uh, in between. But that is unusual. They finally return to 3M Arena at Mariucci to play the Badgers uh, next weekend before the holiday break. Jez Myers joins us from the rink live. Jess, that, that is unusual. You don't see that. Michigan to Arizona, back to Michigan before returning to home ice. Six straight road games and none of them in the central time zone, which is kind of, you know, throws you off just a little bit too. And I mean, the Gophers admitted last weekend being down at Arizona state, they didn't really like the way they played in either game. They got a win in the first game, uh, maybe got outplayed, maybe got saved a little bit by their goalie to get a win in that one. And they kind of admitted afterwards, maybe a little too much sunshine, maybe a little too much Turkey, you know, it was Thanksgiving. They spent Thanksgiving at the, at Matthew Nye's uh, parents' house. Uh, you know, kind of a fun team gathering. I got down there on Thursday, and it was, you know, sunny and it was 70 degrees, and I heard that I missed a, a very spirited game of Marco Polo by some of the players in the hotel pool. You know, so, hey, why not go out there and enjoy it? But they admitted you know, it didn't make for, for real great hockey. So Bob Mosco said, you know, some weekends you learn from, even when you play bad, you sit down, you look at the tape. He said some weekends you just kind of toss it in the garbage and you never talk about it again. That's what they kind of decided to do with these two games at Arizona State. As much as much fun as it was, as much uh, you know as they liked the sun and all of that stuff, they, they didn't learn anything about uh, about who they are with with what they did on the hockey rink. And I think last night was maybe a little bit more of a a return to form for this team to to play uh, kind of an upstart Michigan State team and just kind of quietly business like go about doing what you know you can do. Jess Myers joins us from the rink live on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Uh, back to the trip to Arizona. I, I remember seeing the renderings for this building, and then I would check in occasionally on construction. And then when sure. it was complete, um, this looks like a great rink. Absolutely. And, you know, Greg Powers, the, the coach of the Sun Devils, since they started seven years ago or so, uh, I got there uh, uh, to see the Gophers morning skate on Friday. He texted me right away and said, hey, let me know when you're here. I'll give you a tour. And, he, you know, brought me in the locker room, showed me the training facilities, showed me the players' lounge, all of that stuff. I mean, this is a first-class, done-right college hockey facility, you know, 5,000 and change seats, which is about the right size, I think, for just about any college hockey program. Uh, you know, they've got a raucous fan base there. And I'll say this, too. You know, you, you step outside and it's, and it's 70 degrees, and before the game people are tailgating and they've got bands out there. They really embrace the fact that they're a, they're a warm-weather team. They're a warm-weather program. They have fun with all that. Now, Saturday night the Gophers are ahead, and then they managed to lose 6-5 in a game that was just crazy, back and forth, you know, goals in both ends and not a lot of penalties. And the one thing I said about that is as tough as it was for the Gophers to lose that game, is I said, this being Arizona, there were 50 people at that game who had never seen college hockey before. And I bet after seeing that, they're hooked. Uh, you know, yeah. they'll be back. They'll be college hockey fans for life. So that's kind of a fun part of this is they're doing some things for the first time and, and growing the game in a non-traditional area. And let's face it, the Arizona Coyotes have had about 25 years to try and grow the game down there. And it, hasn't seemed to happen for them, so maybe college hockey can get it done. Yeah, uh, cool building, uh, Arizona State. And there, there's no doubt that they're going to get players out there because it is attractive. My youngest daughter uh, went out to visit Arizona State and Arizona, ended up choosing Arizona down in Tucson and, and got her sure. undergrad there. It is hard to beat the weather in Arizona 
in, in the fall and winter months. It's it's pretty good. Yeah. And there's there's a lot yeah, of lot of Canadians down there, and there's a lot of folks from the Midwest escaping winters. So, you know, there 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 are people that are familiar with hockey in that part of the world. Absolutely, and that, and that was fun to see too. You know, a lot of a lot of Gopher alumni in that part of the yeah. country, and you know, a lot of a lot of folks made the trip too. I mean, a lot of Gopher fans from the, the from the Twin Cities, from Minnesota. You know, Steve, during the game between uh, in one of the breaks, they put up on the scoreboard like the big groups that are in attendance uh, at that night's game. Well, they did that on the Saturday night game, the big groups in attendance. The first one was the Chesley family. Of course, that's Ryan Chesley. He's a defenseman for the Gophers. Second one was the Faber family. That's Brock Faber. He's the Gophers captain. Third one was the Lacombe family. That's Jackson Lacombe. He's a Gophers defenseman. All three of them had big enough groups to get mentioned on the scoreboard. So uh, there, were, there were a lot of Gopher fans in there as well. Yeah, that, that's pretty cool. Now, you brought up the Michigan State Series. They beat the Spartans 5-0. Same two teams coming up here in a little over 30 minutes our time in East Lansing, and then they come back to home ice. You sent out a tweet, Jess, that caught my attention, that even though they got a win and, and then got beaten overtime by Arizona State, that that maybe that this team expected to contend for a national title might be a little bit ahead of schedule, that uh, they're starting to show signs of being, you know, you know in that mix where we're – they they should be expecting to go to the frozen four. Absolutely, you know the expectations are always sky high among yep. uh, certain fan bases. The Gophers among them, because uh, you know this is the state of hockey, and and the the reputation at least is that the Gophers should have their their pick of the best players from this state. And and let's face it, they're getting some of the best players from throughout the country now. It's it's a far cry from the Doug Wood days where you know he he wouldn't look beyond East Grand Forks to uh, to find a kid. Uh, uh, you know, you look at Logan Cooley, who's maybe, you know, one of the top freshmen in college hockey. He's from Pittsburgh. You look at Matthew Nyes, who, you know, the Arizona State coach said that line of Cooley, Nyes, and Snuggard was the best line he has ever seen. He he didn't say this season. He didn't say, you know, in the last five years. He said ever. And Matthew Nyes is a Phoenix kid. You know, so you're getting uh, some, some top players from all over the country who all of a sudden say, you know, if I'm going to play college hockey, why wouldn't I go to where it's the big sport and, and where everybody knows it? And, and Minnesota's great, gaining that reputation. And you're not just seeing that with the Gophers. I mean, you're seeing that with a, a team like St. Cloud State, which was maybe expected to rebuild a little bit. You know, the Huskies are as good as anybody in the country. Uh, not to look ahead too far, but a month from now, they play a home-and-home series with the Gophers, and those could be the top two teams in the country come then because uh, Brett Larson has just done a fantastic job up at St. Cloud State since he took over for Bob Mosco when Bob made the move to come down here and, and coach the Gophers. And uh, one final thought on the Gophers. Uh, it looks like they have goaltending in Justin Close, and that's a huge ingredient. Absolutely. And, you know, the, I guess the nice thing, the, you know, you never want to see injuries, you never want to see illnesses and all that, but uh, they were kind of forced to play uh, Owen Bartoskiewicz, who is a freshman. He's, he's a kid out of the Detroit area. The two games at Michigan, Justin Close couldn't go because he had an illness, and uh, they put Bartoskiewicz in and won a couple of games. And granted, Michigan was missing some key players in, in, in both of those games. They were down, you know, five or six bodies both nights. So it wasn't a maybe a true representation of what Michigan is like, but the Gophers also had players missing. They had the top two centers out for the Saturday game. They managed to go into Michigan and win a couple of games. And, you know, uh, the old joke, they don't ask how, but they ask how many. Those are six 
huge Big Ten points uh, as you know you start to maybe peak a little bit at the conference standings. I don't I don't like to do too much of that before the new year starts because you know what does it matter if you're leading the Big Ten on December first? It's it's who's leading it on March first that matters. But uh, but you're you're kind of seeing things take shape a little bit in, in the Big Ten, and and that was a very important series. Uh, meanwhile, the Golden Goal for women, uh, they, they were at uh, the Henderson Collegiate Hockey Showcase, beat Penn State, and then fell to Yale uh, last weekend, and then uh, come back and with a home-and-home at Ritter, uh, beat Minnesota State on Friday 4-1, to and then uh, beat the Mavs today 6-0, and they have one more series uh, before a long holiday break. They'll get a home-and-home home with St. Cloud State, but... Brad Frost and company, once again, another title contender as expected. And this is an interesting time of year. Talking to Brad Frost this week, you know, it's like you've played a lot of games at this point. You're starting to get a little bit, uh, you know, road-weary, if you will. And he said, let's face it, by this point in the year, nobody's fully healthy. Everybody's got something they're dealing with, whether it's, you know, an illness or an injury or just whatever. And you're looking forward to that break. As you mentioned, after the St. Cloud State Series, They've got, uh, you know, close to a month off, I think it is. And so you're looking forward to that. But at the same time, the impetus uh, for the players is you've got to empty the tank. You know, you can't hold anything back. You've got a break coming up. So put everything you've got out there on the line. The other team knows that as well, too. So that makes for some really good hockey here in, in early December. Well, Jeff, it's always good uh, to visit with you. Oh, by the way, uh, Wild played a matinee against the Ducks and, and won the shootout. I'm going to just say it real quick. Hate the shootout. I think it's a ridiculous way to decide a professional sporting event, but to the Wild win in a shootout today in St. Paul. And who else? They needed a goal late. They got one late regulation from Kirill Kaprizov, and then they got one in the shootout from Kirill Kaprizov. So, hey, the, the usual suspects have got to get it done for you now and then, and he did. And, and am I way offline saying I hate the shootout as a way to decide? <laughs> I mean, I know the the, the, the fans in general here's like my it. Analogy. And okay, here's, here's here's my analogy, Steve. People say it's an abomination that you stop the game and just have a guy shoot on the goalie to determine who wins. Well, how many basketball games are determined by free throws? <laughs> okay. Where you stop the game and you just have a guy shoot at the net with with you know at least in hockey they've got a goalie trying to stop you. So you know, hey. hey. <laughs> That 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 is a new one. I I haven't put it in those terms, but yes, on occasion, a uh, game is decided uh, by by free throws late. Yeah, yep. That, yep. I, so, so I'll, I'll give gonna, you that. Jess. You're hate the shootout. If you're gonna if you're gonna hate the shootout, we got to get rid of free throws then too. Because <laughs> okay. you know all all a free throw is is a skills contest. It's it's gonna guy stand there by himself and put the ball in the hoop. You know. So yeah, fair enough. <laughs> all right, Jess. Have a good evening. Thanks, Steve. Have a nice weekend. Yeah. Jess Myers from the Rink Live joining us here on News Talk E3OWCCO. We'll have the weather in a moment. Tough day for the Bethel Royals. They made it to the quarterfinals of the NCAA Division Three football playoffs down at Mary Hardin Baylor in Texas. And the Royals played great. Won it 7-0 after one. Tied with perennial power, Mary Hardin Baylor at 14 at the half. And led at 21-17 after three. 
And then the roof caved in. Mary Harden Baylor scores 24 in the fourth and go on to a 41 to 28 victory. We'll get a game report on that one from Austin LeJess at Bethel here in a little bit. Uh, speaking of Division Three, Mount Union beat Delaware Valley 22 to six. Number one seed Norris Central of Illinois down Ithaca 48 to seven, and it was Wartburg of Iowa beating Aurora. That's Don Beebe's team. 45-17, so uh, the final four, Mount Union, North Central, Mary Harden-Baylor, and Wartburg of Iowa. Meanwhile, D2 football playoffs today. Uh, the Northern Sun done, Minnesota State, Bemidji State, knocked out of the playoffs last week. And uh, what we have now is... Uh, no upper Midwest representation in uh, those D2 uh, football playoffs. And we'll look at those scores a little bit later on. But right now we want to get a look at what's going on with all those conference championship games and what's going on in the FCS. And without further ado, we want to bring in Jonathan Lowe. Good afternoon for the first time, Mr. Thompson, on this very frigid Brutal day across the upper Midwest. Yeah. It is, uh, it's 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 not pleasant outside. I, I, if you love snowshoeing, snow skiing, if you like this type of weather, good on you. Uh, for the rest of us, it's brutal out there. <laughs> right. But you can you can take satisfaction in staying inside today and staying in your warm home and knowing that. College kids across the land are experiencing the warm glow of trophies because it is a championship edition of a Saturday in the fall, y'all. College football here, there, and everywhere. And it is championship set weekend across Division One college football. And there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, th- there's some things that are happening that might affect the playoffs that you didn't think might happen going into the weekend. Let's start with the games going on right now. In Atlanta, Georgia had some struggles early against LSU in the SEC championship game. Those struggles are gone. The the Bulldogs had a couple of drives that were stalled early as far as their offense was concerned. That's done. That's uh, They are now rolling as they get close to the end zone, almost an instant update. Uh, they are inside the five. Up 28-7 on the Bayou Bengals, first and goal with about a minute 15 left in the first half. Other championship games, the Sun Belt championship game going on right now. It is early in the third quarter in, I believe it's in Birmingham. Troy leads Coastal Carolina 31-13 at the half on the blue rug in Boise. It's the Mountain West championship title. By the way, Steve Thompson's favorite surface, the blue turf in Boise, Idaho. Wrong. Uh, <laughs> Wrong. I'm sorry, I, I, I man. I put it there with the shootout in the NHL. I'm sorry. With, Don't with, like with, it. With Eric Nelson not, not gracing our presence these days, I, someone has to tweak you about it. Somebody does. By oh, the way, it sure. is, again, Boise State hosting Fresno State in the Mountain West title game, and the Bulldogs are up over the Broncos 14-6 at the half on the road, so that would be a big win if Fresno State could hold on. It is uh, at the half in New Orleans. New Orleans, the host site for the American Athletic Championship because number 18 Tulane is hosting that 
game this year. Who would have thought that at the beginning of the season? They lead number 22 Central Florida 17-7 to the green wave at the half. Finals from earlier today. In Dallas, Arlington, Texas, AT&T Stadium, the Big 12 championship game. Number three TCU earlier this season were trailing to Kansas State 28-10, came back to win. Today, Kansas State got up twice by 11, 21-10 and 28-17. The Horn Frogs come back to tie it late in the game, get a two-point conversion. They go to overtime. TCU gets down to the one-yard line inside the one, cannot score. Kansas State takes advantage, kicks the field goal. The 10th-ranked Wildcats upset the third-ranked Horn Frogs, 31-28. TCU 12-1 on the season. And could they have dropped out of a potential playoff bid? We'll find that out tomorrow early afternoon. The MAC championship at Ford Field in Detroit. Toledo is a 17-7 winner over Ohio. Coming up later tonight, it's the ACC champ. I'm sorry, ACC championship from AT, uh, Bank of American Stadium in Charlotte. Number nine, Clemson. They could have had a good opportunity if they had won last week to win tonight and made a case for the playoff. They lost that chance last week, but they will try to get the ACC title as they host number 23, North Carolina. It will, it will be at 7 o'clock, the last big game of the day, the Big Ten Championship game at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, number 2 Michigan, trying to get to 13-0 as they take on Purdue. Uh, earlier this week, the last night, we had one a couple championship games. We had the Conference USA Championship from the Alamo in Alamo Dome in San Antonio, 48-27. The Texas-San Antonio Roadrunners defeat the North Texas Mean Green. And Texas-San Antonio, 11-2 on the season. Great season for them after backing it up from a great season last year. Uh, one game to talk about real quick. Let me get this refreshed. Okay, it is refreshed now. Thank you. Uh, the Pac-12 Championship. Number four, USC. Also had a chance. They win. They're in. They're good to go for the uh, uh, college football playoff. They took on number 11, Utah, who they had lost to earlier this season. USC went up early 17-3. to The Utes come back and outscore USC the rest of that game. This is about maybe 10 minutes to go in the first half that USC got up 14. The rest of the game, Utah outscored them 44-7. to 47-24, the Utes wow. win their second consecutive Pac-12 championship and will go to the Rose Bowl for the second consecutive season. Now to FCS. There was one other championship game to talk about, the SWAC championship game. Jackson State in FCS looking to go 12-0. They lead Southern uh, late in the second quarter, 33-7. But the rest of FCS is concerned with the playoffs today. And in the playoffs right now, we look at Incarnate Word, they are leading late in the fourth quarter over Furman, a, a shootout galore, 41-38. Again, uh, Incarnate Word leading with less than two minutes to play. William & Mary, they were a winner today over Gardner-Webb, 54-14. Number one ranked South Dakota State late in the fourth quarter. Big winner over Delaware in Brookings, 42-6. The Jackrabbits will advance to next week's, uh, next week's quarterfinals. Samford is a leader right now early in the fourth quarter over southeastern Louisiana, 42-28. to It is Montana State leading Weber State midway through the fourth quarter, 33-18. At the Fargo Dome, number three seed North Dakota State, they are up 
35-20 on Montana. Late, uh, I'm sorry, uh, it's now a final. Holy Cross is a winner over New Hampshire. Holy Cross now 12-0 on the season, 35-19 the final there. And just underway in the second quarter, early in the second, Richmond out west to take on Sacramento State. I believe Sacramento State is the third overall seed in, uh, sorry, second overall seed in this tournament. They are losing our Sacramento State right now, 14 to 7 to the Spiders of Richmond. So uh, we do have some stuff going on in FCS. We'll continue to monitor these games, especially the Jackrabbits and the Bison, but they look good to get to at least next weekend's play. Yeah, all right. Very good, Jonathan Law. And quick update on what happened in D2. Once again, all the Northern Sun teams are gone. Uh, Ferris State beat Grand Valley 24-21. Shepherd over IUP 48-13. Colorado Mines beat Angelo State 42-24. That was uh, the uh, region that uh, the Northern Sun schools were in that made the postseason. Winona, Bemidji, Minnesota State, uh, the Mavericks and the Beavers went down last week. Uh, West Florida beat Wingate 45-14. Emporia State over southeastern Oklahoma 48-27. It was uh, Texas A&M, Kingsville falling to East Central 38-21. I think John Randall's from Texas A&M, Kingsville. uh, One of the all-time great Vikings and Hall of Famer. Truman State beat Tiffin. 2827. That is D2. We'll take a break right now. We'll come back. Hopefully get a game report on Bethel down at Mary Harden Baylor in uh, the D3 quarterfinals earlier today. And we'll get to that in a moment here on News Talk. E3O WCCO. All the news, all the weather at 5. And then we have a jam-packed 5 o'clock hour today. Matt Lombardi, Maple Grove head football coach. The Crimson won the 6A title last night beating Rosemount. Pat Coleman, D3Football.com. Uh, Dan Hayes covers the Twins for the Athletic. Cal Soderquist, Timberwolves Radio Network. Wolves and Thunder on the radio tonight. Earlier in a matinee in St. Paul, the Wild beat the Ducks 5-4 in a shootout. They're in Big D to play the Stars tomorrow. Bethel, quarterfinals, D3 football playoffs at Mary Harden Baylor today. Uh, the Royals had the lead at the end of three. And then Mary Harden-Baylor roared back. Austin LeJess joins us from Bethel. And uh, what a year. Unfortunately, it came to an end today, Austin. Yeah, unfortunately for the Royals, they finished their year 10-3, and although it is the third 10-win season for the Royals over the last nine years. It was a bit of a rough start for both teams. Uh, a couple of turnovers early on in the forms of interceptions, fumble recoveries, another interception. Uh, that was one of three today from Jaron Rossi. The Royals, though, they uh, started to settle in after another long flight and what has been a traveling postseason. David Jeebly rushed it in from six yards out before Mary Hart and Baylor responded with a 16-yard rushing touchdown of their own. It was 7-7 early in the second. Joey Kidder, one of the top receivers this year for the Royals, another incredible grab at the goal line. He gets the 24-yard connection from Jaron Rossi, who finishes his Bethel career as the Royals' all-time leading passer in yards and touchdowns. Mary Hart and Baylor, just explosive plays in that first half. Another 17-yard run. They went into the break tied 14-14. And then it's Mike and Newalt. Uh, finally getting in on some of that action. A touchdown on the Bethel's opening drive of the third quarter, 21-14. And then Mary Harden-Baylor responds with a 23-yard field goal. 
Joey Kidder, another touchdown. It was made at that 21-17 that you noted, Steve, early in the fourth quarter. And then Mary Harden Baylor, they were the defending national champions. They rattle off 24 straight in front of their home crowd, and the Royals fall 41 to 28, ending their season. A couple notes from this one, especially obviously Jaron Rossi. If we take a look at the record books, he's going to go down as the Royals' all-time leader in passing yards with 9,051 yards, uh, 70 touchdown passes in his career, 45 rushing touchdowns, and then the most completions by a Bethel quarterback in a career with 682. Uh, we'll tack on 2,458 rushing yards. That puts him 10th all-time in program history. Um, just an incredible team. We'll make note the wide receiver core group of Joey Kidder and Mike and Newell. They each finished with a thousand yards, just over a thousand yards um, receiving this year. They are the first Bethel wide receiver duo to complete a thousand yard, the thousand yard mark in a season. Uh, an unfortunate circumstance, Mary Harden Baylor does travel now to North Central in a rematch of last year's national championship at the Stag Bowl. And uh, for Bethel, Steve Johnson's squad gave it everything they had today with 414 yards of offense. Wow. Oh, what a year once again. Congrats to Bethel. And, uh, boy, after three, I thought, boy, the Royals really had a chance uh, in that one, up 21-17. to 17. But uh, an out- outstanding year. Austin, thanks for your help all season long. Thanks, Steve. Always glad talking to you. We'll see you next year. All right, there he is, Austin LeJess. Bethel Royals, once again, they go down to Mary Harden Baylor, give them all they want before falling 41 41- to 28 still a lot more on the way right after the break matt lombardi maple grove head football coach the crimson won the 6a title last night pat coleman d3football.com dan hayes talking twins cal soderquist timberwolves radio network we'll get to all of it following the news we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. <laughs> 